and then got married and you get lazy and you don't do a hell of a lot. And my wife actually got me into running and um, I only did it purely because she said I must and otherwise I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> but to such an extent that I actually fell in love with the running. There was, um, there was something just pure about the ability to go out and run 10, 15 or 20 kilometers, which previously was never ever... It never entered my mindset. It, it was yeah. just 20 kilometers, you jump in a car and that's it. I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Weiner from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Bregnell from Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kidinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Biggie from Tel Aviv in Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India. I'm Brigitte Seiberstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK. And you're listening to Run with Coach Parry. Welcome back onto this edition of Run with Coach Parry. My name is Brad Brown. It's good to be with you once again this week. And uh, once again, some great feedback after last week's podcast with Janine. I hope you do uh, did enjoy it. We've got another one of those fly-on-the-wall coaching sessions today with Lindsay Parry and Jeff Ostrom. Uh, that's coming up in just a moment. Before we get into that chat, though, one of the ways that this podcast grows, and I need to ask you a huge favor. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you haven't done it, please would you consider leaving us a review uh, on iTunes. iTunes is probably, if you don't know, the biggest sort of podcast repository. It's almost like the Google uh, of podcasts. And the more reviews and ratings we get on iTunes, the higher iTunes ranks us, and it puts us in front of more people, which helps us grow uh, the podcast and, and reach more runners and help more runners just like uh, you. So if you wouldn't mind doing it, if you've got anything out of these podcasts, if you enjoy listening to them, uh, please let us know. Uh, all you need to do is head over to iTunes, search for Run with Coach Parry, and leave us a review there. It is as simple as that. Well, uh, I'm going to stop yakking uh, and hand you over to the coach and Jeff. Cool. So, yeah, give us a bit about your background. What's your kind of backstory? Okay. So, I come from quite a strong sporting background. Um, like a typical South African boy, grew up most of my life playing cricket and hockey and soccer and rugby and whatever else came through. But cricket and hockey became sort of my two main focus areas where mm. I played those at provincial level right through to the end of varsity. Um, I think, you know, a lot of a lot of the time sportsmen, you underestimate the value of running fitness within your sport. You do what's required to become strong at that specific sport. And you kind of enter each season undercooked, but you get yourself to a fitness level by playing. So yes. you never quite break um, athletic barriers being a sportsman. You just kind of do just enough to get yourself ready for when you've got tournaments and so on. So mm -hmm. <laughs> when it does come down to running after it, you end up being quite lazy and wanting to have a slight vomit on the side of the field after doing um, a fitness session. So... It was always, running was always something that was just had to be done as part of a part of the training. And when I stopped playing sport, um, I did quite a lot of cycling. Enjoyed that. The cycling was pretty cool. Um, and then got married, and you get lazy, and you don't do a hell of a lot. And my wife actually got me into running, and. Um, I only did it purely because she said I must, and otherwise I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> but to such an extent that I actually fell in love with the running. There was um, there was something just pure about the ability to go out and run 10, 15, or 20 kilometers, which previously was never, ever, it never entered my mindset. It, it was yeah. just 20 kilometers, you jump in a car, and that's it. 
And there was something pure about being able to do that and be outside. And it wasn't cost impact sport. You bought a pair of running shoes and you threw in a t-shirt and shorts and your biggest splurge was your earphones or your sunglasses. So it was, yeah. it was just a very easy, cool thing to do. And um, I suppose the bug bit, the competitiveness got the better of me and you start entering 10Ks and 21Ks and then you start really biting off more than you potentially can chew and you enter marathons. And then you suddenly realize you need a lot of help. So that's mm-hmm. where I am. Okay. Cool. So having a look through both your training questionnaire as well as the kind of distances that you've run, you are a fairly typical um, case study, if you like. This is your your picture is very typical. And that is to say that you have a a lot of running ability, okay, Um, which also is fairly typical of hockey, I find. I find footballers and hockey players that come over to endurance sport, they do tend to have um, fairly natural engines. Um, And so if we look at that, your 5K, 21.30 5K PB tells us that you should be capable of running under 45 minutes for 10Ks, under an hour 40 for 21K, and under three and a half hours for a marathon. Okay, so if we... If we run through what your actual times are um, as we move longer, you know, we go from, from a predicted 44.39 for 10K to an actual 51.30. Yeah. And your 51.30 then predicts to a four-hour marathon. So there's, you, know, you can already see that that difference does show a drop-off. But when we look at the, the – and sorry, and it predicts a 154 half. And as soon as we slide across to the half, your actual half is at 206. So, and that 206 in turn predicts to a 425 and your reality is a 438. Okay. So you have got plenty of speed. Um, And your weakness would either then be a real inability at endurance or limited training spent at working on that strength and and having a look at your time available to you that I would say is if you really wanted to kick on um, and get close to that potential look there's nothing saying that you couldn't get faster over 5k's of course so of course if we got you under 20 minutes that would then also have a knock-on effect all the way through but in the short term I think your your um, interest will be best served by trying to address this imbalance between your speed and, and your endurance. So, and, and that would mean making a little bit more time somewhere in your week for one longer um, run. Uh, that's, that's fine. Uh, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. And look, in terms of your goals, you, you, you should, you, you really should cruise these. You really should cruise your time goals. If we just help you get that, that mix and that balance right. So, um, yeah, now I'm going to kind of, uh, oh, no. no I, didn't. I thought I'd cut you off. Have I cut you off? No, I haven't. Sorry, yeah. the screen's open. I thought I'd, I'd shut you down. Okay, cool. So now we're going to move uh, over to, yeah, where you, you kind of ask me um, any questions, any pressing stuff that you 
got on your mind and then I will um, yeah, maybe ask one or two more questions based on that and then round off yes. some advice. Yeah, so I think there's so much out there that you can read, listen to and get advice from and uh, okay, you okay? And I just and I, I sometimes think like runners themselves are probably the worst people to even ask because yes. people essentially find something that works for them and they can't explain why it works for them. It just does, and it ends up invariably messing with your head and everything else. So you run and you go and you you get a heart rate monitor, and then you spend every 200 meters looking at the heart rate monitor to check that your speed's still the same to check that you're not having a heart attack number two yeah. and and then you you actually don't know anything else because there's too much on the device that makes no sense to an average sort of social runner so you you place a lot of priority on finishing a 10k run then you look at your average speeds were my kilometers relatively consistent and was my heart rate consistent within that and and that kind of half provides a a modicum of fitness to you but you never improve and this is this is where i find myself it's almost like if i go do a 5k run i know that barring being hit by a bus i won't die yeah so but as soon as it comes to a 21k run, like some defensive subconscious thing in my brain clicks in and says, you will only run at 615 for this run, you know, and it, I almost can't break out of that. And okay. so I don't know, I don't know if it's because I'm watching the, the watch too much and I should just maybe just run and run without a device for a while. I don't know. So look, there's, there's some, <clears throat> some very good evidence to suggest that, at the very least, covering up the device or, or, or putting it on screens that you can record the heart rate and see it afterwards, but set up your, your Sunto so that you can only see the information you need to see, which, to be honest, when you're running a race, quite possibly is only the time of day. So I find, I find that some people intuitively have a very poor understanding of how they are feeling and those people normally tend to be right at the front of races and somewhere between halfway and two-thirds in and that it's quite amazing that that doesn't matter whether it's a 5k 10k 21k it doesn't matter at a 5k you'll typically catch them at 3k's and 21k yeah. you typically catch them at 16 17k's and so they, they they don't have any governor um, and you've obviously gone slightly in the opposite direction where you yeah. kind of over-govern yourself. And that yeah. may well be due to biofeedback that you're getting, but it can't be from feedback that you're getting from yourself. Unless, yes. of course, because you really haven't done enough volume, but you know what, looking at the amount that you cycle and the cross-training that you do, that's not going to be the case. I mean, you should yeah. be... You should very definitely be able to convert your 5K time into 10K. So you, you really should be running pretty close to 45 minutes for 10Ks and therefore between 140 and 145 for a half. Yeah. Um, thereafter, of course, things like doing enough long runs and these things do become yeah. Im important. So I think that by doing a couple of runs where you actually just let yourself run um, – you know, if we really listen to our bodies and we're honest with ourselves, we know what easy is. I mean, if you can run with mates, have a, 
have a flat-out conversation, arguing about the game on Saturday, then that's that's an easy run, you know. If you are, yeah. are running harder, you, you, you can get a few words out to each other, um, but there certainly won't be any arguing when you're doing a sort of tempo session. And when you're running a 5K, well, if you're talking, you're not running hard enough, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. so a talk, talk test is actually probably the the best of all the tests to, to, to use. And then, I, look, I do like to use um, devices to track and check. Um, but typically, I very seldom use heart rate in a run or to prescribe training for anybody unless they've been sick or, or battled with, with anything, or very specific things. I do use heart rate to give me warnings about things that are coming. But again, that stuff you can look at afterwards. You don't need to see yeah, yeah. heart rate okay. while you're running. So I think you, you are spot on there. Um, your, your training, your physical training between 10 all the way up to 21 doesn't need a big change. I mean, I, I know that you've got yourself a program now and, and you'll, you'll be following it. Um, I think you, you took the four-hour program in my... That's right, Joe. So, look, in terms of your ability, three and a half hours is probably more appropriate. However, what the four-hour program will do is it will ensure that in a systematic way you do get to the kind of volumes that you need um, for me to give you the confidence that you, similar to yeah. how you feel in a 5K, you should feel quite close to that in a, in a 21. I mean, obviously, okay, cool. you, can't, you obviously can't go out at the same pace. There has to be a, a, a yeah. slight, um, slight tap off. But really, if you get in the kind of volume and you follow that four-hour program, I can kind of predict that you would get around 45 to 46 and a half on a 10K you get to around 145 to 150 on a 21, yeah. and you'd end up at about 350, 345, 350 um, on the marathon, yeah. which, which in turn would yeah. give you confidence to go for 330 down the yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just, um, you, <laughs> I, I, and I've obviously seen you talk about this before on like Facebook or other blogs and so on, and it, it's a difficult concept to understand to run faster, run slower. Yes. Um, okay, so I, I get that, but like almost like your brain tells you you cannot improve unless your times are improving. So yes. how do you get the balance between, you know, so if you look at your easy run split, for example, you, you say there, go for an easy run, you've got a specific amount of time that you must run for, and try to keep your splits, say, between 5.45 and 6.30. The longer the program goes on, should you be getting closer to the 5.35 mark or is that just purely how you feel on the day? Yeah, so it's, it's got a lot to do with how you feel on the day and those, those zones should be seen in the context of human physiology in that we don't stop doing one thing and start doing another thing physiologically. It, kind of, it all yeah. happens on this continuum where it slides up and down. So as you get down to the faster end of that, you are more likely to be moving out of your aerobic and and more into anaerobic. However, as you pointed out, as you get fitter, you should naturally slide down to the past yeah. end of those paces. Um, it kind of defeats the object if you're making yourself go down there. Um, but it, there should be a bit of a gradual tendency towards that. And then obviously there'll be days where you just don't feel great. And that, 
allow some flexibility to slow down to know that okay the, the further I move or the slower I move the closer I move into a slightly different zone however because yeah. it is a gray area I'm still getting my aerobic stimulation okay so someone like you that has got a bit of natural speed and I've got no doubt that you could get fast I mean I I, I, I would say that if you got onto the three and a half hour marathon program you could probably get somewhere in between 18 and a half and 19 and a half minutes for 5Ks. Um, so someone who's been running now for the amount of time that you have and that you do have this, this bit of natural speed, I would be inclined to say that actually you should be doing a day of higher intensity training um, in the week. And that could be a park run. It could be your, your club time trial. It could be some hill work. It could be some fart lacks. It could be some interval. It could be a tempo run. It's not that important what it is. But I would say that for you, you want to have a shorter session in the week that has you running at a variety of, of intensities. And then for the rest of the week, you want to focus in on those slower, easier runs. And the reason why the running slower to get faster works is exactly what you've said, is that once we dial in on the right aerobic zone, we slowly but surely get faster and faster and faster in that zone. And ultimately, okay. as soon as we go longer than 5Ks, and 5Ks too to a certain degree, but it's slightly different, but as soon as we go longer than 5Ks, we rely heavily on aerobic, yeah. not much on anaerobic. And as soon as you go beyond 10 Ks, that becomes stronger and stronger. And so that is why what we're really trying to do is push out your maximal aerobic function. Um, that's a phrase that kind of sums up really what we're trying to do. In other words, the fastest you can run aerobically, that's where we're trying to get you. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Um, yeah, and then um, just trying to think. So, in approaching like a twenty-one k race or twenty-one k run, um, do you try work on a consistent pace the whole way through, or do you rather try to look at running a negative split? Yeah. So in a twenty-one k race, I um I try to look at a fairly even effort. So that would that would imply that if it was on a flat route that I'd run a fairly similarly pace, similar pace all the way through, I, I always try to finish just a little bit stronger towards the end. Um, and I've managed that very well in half marathons. And although that is the goal in marathons, I haven't done that too successfully in, in marathons yet. Yeah. But, but in essence, that's kind of how we try and do, um, we try and plan, plan each, each race feeling having that little bit in reserve besides how positive you feel when you feel that strong just passing people just it, it gives you even that that extra little, okay. little kick but yeah. to, to run your absolute fastest time would require a fairly even meeting out of of energy okay all right cool okay all right jeff any other question um, no, it's just, you know, I, th I think running is a, is more, almost more mental sometimes than it is the training because it's just like the time barrier is always just sort of kick into your brain and then you've got to kind of, you know, you talk about running a 3.30 marathon. I think if I did that, I'd be 
<laughs> sounds ridiculous. But, you know, why shouldn't it be? You know, it, it, it's only a 530K. And look, the reality is to go from 438 to, to 329 does seem absurd. And running is all about taking the, the steps along the way. So, you know, on this, this marathon pr- program that you're following now, I would try and race at least 810 and 821 in the build-up. Um, okay. And, yeah. well, it depends what race you're running. If you're training for Cape Town, then, then it might be a little bit, late for that but certainly it just gives you those little pieces of confidence that you are in improving along the way so um and and as you said you know if you went from 438 to 4 that's a big jump already but then you'll already be like oh yeah i can do 350 and when you do 350 i know i've got a 340 in me and that's kind of how how you go yeah with with uh, Cops Equip being the sort of race we're targeting now for yeah. the beginning of November, which would be obviously a qualifier for um, Two Oceans and hmm, potentially Comrades. We've got, I've got to still see if I was that brave that day I said I'd do it. <laughs> but it's it's a downhill race more than anything. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which sounds fantastic, but do you have to, in that preparation, do a lot of downhill running for quad strength? Look, or is it not completely necessary? You don't want to avoid hills for sure. Um, yeah. And so I'm just looking through here. Yeah, there isn't any strength work. But what I would, and you could do this at home, is I would start doing um, some, some squats, single leg squats, step ups onto a bench to strengthen your quad. But the most important thing with it being a downhill run is that you need to take advantage of the downhills within yeah. reason. So yeah. typically what people will do is they run so fast down those hills and it feels good, um, but then you hit the last 10Ks and your legs are absolute porridge and they can't do yeah. it. So you, you, whatever, around three weeks before crops are whipped, you probably want to run at 10 or 21 quite hard because then that'll give you an idea of what you should target at, at Cops and Whip. And you will be on Cops and Whip if you pace yourself properly. You should finish between five and seven minutes ahead of that particular time. And so okay. quick will be yeah. to get around three to four minutes ahead of that by halfway. Okay. That's a reasonable amount of being ahead. Because you are running downhill, you are going to be ahead. Should be ahead yeah. You should be able to hold on to kind of what you should have been able to run on a more um, flat marathon through to the finish, provided you've done enough long runs. Um, and yeah, so, but if you do have, have a bit of, if you do have two half an hour little sessions in your week where you can get in and do a few squats, single leg squats, step ups, lunges, that sort of thing. That that's the stuff that really will make your quads nice and strong for cops of Yeah. Cool. That sounds good. All right. Okay, Lindsay. Thank you. Yeah. Great chatting to you. Good. And let us know how the progress goes. Will do. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
Thank you very much to listening uh, for listening to this podcast. And uh, thank you too to Jeff for his time and Lindsay once again. Another great session. I hope you got lots out of that one. Don't forget, if you are looking for a training program, if you're looking for help as well, check out the Coach Parry uh, online membership. We've got uh, a very active forum. Uh, and if you pick up one of our training programs, you get three months access to that forum where you can chat to Lindsay and our other coaches, ask questions, get all the help you need. There's uh, exclusive members only video training there as well. And uh, our very, very popular weekly Ask Me Anything calls. Uh, Lindsay on a call. Uh, live video conference that you can hop on and if you need any help if you're struggling with an injury or if you want to uh, see if you can swap things around or if you want to find out the benefits of cross training whatever questions you've got you can literally hop on a call with Lindsay once a week uh, as part of that membership so it's the only place that you can get uh, access to Lindsay online and uh, yeah it's for a very very small cost uh, an investment in your running is the way I like to see it and you will see massive massive improvements if you'd like to find out more about it all you need to do is head over to coachparry.com forward slash join we're giving you a free trial you can get in there one week absolutely free on us kick the tires test it out uh, but we'll sure we're sure you will stick around so uh, go check that out that's coachparry.com forward slash join